Welcome to episode 19 of the Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Honored to spend some time with you today. We're going to talk about money today. A few weeks back, I was talking about money in a couple of different topics, and I kind of asked you, hey, do you want to hear more about managing the money in your business, talked about investments a little bit, and I asked you to reach out to me, and many of you did. Emails, Instagram DMs, all saying, yes, please cover the topic of money management. Can we talk about it a little bit? And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I love this stuff. I dork out over this stuff, but I just didn't want to just talk about it if you didn't care. But you reached out and said, you care? You want to know more about it? So what we're going to do is at least for now, go do this in two parts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a lot of the fundamentals of cash flow and setting your business up financially to be healthy. Uh, this is so important because if you don't get this right, none of the fun stuff matters. Uh, and then next week, we're going to dive into investments uh, and retirement and things like that a little bit more in depth, more glamorous stuff, if you can call any of that glamorous. But this is an important, important topic to talk about because in the last few episodes, we've been talking about growth, 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 uh, reaching six figures. And I, I, I exist, I'm here to help you grow. But there's a problem with growth. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that, that growth and lots of money and lots of revenue can be a problem in your business. I'm, you might be saying, well, Graham, that's a problem I would like to have. And you might be right because I think there's a scarcity problem where you don't have enough. Resources are scarce. And then there's an abundance problem. You've got too much. And it's just a different set of challenges. And uh, if you think that is an arrogant statement, then you haven't reached that financial level and dealt with that as a real problem. This is a safe place. Um, we can have an honest conversation. I know it's one-sided, but if you're resonating with any of this, if you have had financial success or had a windfall in your business or had a successful launch and it's more money than you've ever seen in your life or more money than you've seen in a 24-hour, five-day, seven-day period, whatever it is, um, you're going to realize after you have some fun with the money that this is a new set of challenges um, because that money that you were so excited about having can go like that. I mean, how many businesses how many stories do we know where there was success, there was financial success, the numbers were great, the revenue was great, um, maybe even the profit margins were great, but then the business closes its doors a few years later, goes bankrupt. On a personal level, how many human beings, celebrities, athletes, people with multi-million dollar contracts and making hundreds of millions of dollars over a career go bankrupt or owe, owe millions of dollars? How does this happen? It shows that there is another set of skills that we need to have if, if your goal is to grow a successful business, and I hope it is, okay? We just talked about why grow a business beyond what you financially need. Well, because you can give a lot of the money away, because you can impact more people with your products and services. There's so much reason to be ambitious in a healthy way and want to grow your business, but you have to be prepared for what to do with that money. And it doesn't start only when you reach six figures or seven figures or whatever your goal is. It starts now. You need to learn how to manage your money now. This is a skill that most human beings on planet Earth don't have. 
business owner or non-business owner alike. This plagues people like crazy. So it's important for all people to understand how to manage money, but it's even of more importance for all of us small business owners to know how to manage money. And so I'm going to break some things down for you. We can't go, I mean, I could talk for hours about this stuff and maybe we just need to. Maybe we need to do a 20 million part series of this stuff. But we're not. We're going to keep it to the point. I'm going to be as efficient as possible, respect your time. And like I said, at the very least, we're going to break it up into two parts. So let's talk about you having a healthy business financially. I'm going to give you some practical principles. Let's start with banks and bank accounts. Let's start there, and then we'll talk about cash flow, what to do with it, and sort of your setting up your base camps that your base, your business is healthy and primed for growth, okay? It starts with, in my opinion, bank accounts. You, you don't have to necessarily have a bank account or the right things set up to go make money. You could literally get a client or create a product and sell it online and collect money through your CRM or PayPal or something. And, and you, can, you can make money. But do you have a system and a cash flow plan in place for what to do with that money? A lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of blending accounts. This is like classic mistake one-on-one. Meaning you start a business, maybe you create a product and you sell it online and that money gets deposited into your personal checking account or you do, you pay your rent or mortgage out of, or you buy groceries out of. Huge mistake for a couple of reasons. One, this is not clean. It's just not clean. Commingling business money and personal money is not clean as you'll see in a minute because even though you might be a solopreneur and you are the business, and you are also the benefactor of the business's revenue. We'll talk about the different hats in a second. You have to be a big boy or a big girl and treat your business like its own entity. Otherwise, you're going to spend all your profit. You're not going to have any framework in place to have healthy growth. You're going to trick yourself into thinking you can afford things you can't when you have a good month or two in business. It's all going to be messy all going to be messy. Two, on a practical level, if you ever get audited by the IRS or you ever just want to do some recon on your own, the data is going to be real fuzzy. It's going to be really hard to get concrete numbers on what your actual business expenses were and what your personal expenses were, or even know how much your income actually was from just the business because it's all just going to blend together. So step number one is you need a separate business checking account, business bank account. Now in your state or country, you might need to form a separate entity to be able to go to a bank and open up a bank account. Here in the state of Florida, at the very least, I need to register as a business with the Florida, their whole program called SunBiz or whatever. I have to register, pay the annual fee to get a fictitious name or a DBA doing business as. So I, for the longest time, did business. I was a, uh, a sole proprietor, didn't have an LLC, but I could do business as the recording revolution, according to the state of Florida. And that gave me a piece of paper that I could go to my local bank where I do my normal banking and say, hey, I want to open up a business checking account. And they're going to say, show me that you're registered uh, as a business. And so we can open this up. Very simple step you might need to do that. Or if you already have your LLC and you have a 
tax ID number for your business, then that's great. You take that to the bank and you say, I want to open a business checking account. And then here's how things are going to flow for you. You are going to have one business credit card and business checking account that you use to pay all of your expenses for the business. So if you pay for a tool like Kajabi, right, for handling all your courses and your website and your email marketing, all that stuff, you're going to pay for Kajabi out of your business credit card, okay? If you have to pay for web hosting, if you, if you have to pay to buy a Mac or a computer for your business or a camera or a microphone for your podcast or whatever it is, you're going to pay for that out of your business account, and I recommend a business credit card that then your business checking account automatically pays the balance off every 30 days. So you're not actually carrying a balance because that's stupid. Don't carry a credit card balance ever, okay? But you use it as a cash flow tool. You pay things with the business credit card and the business checking account pays it off, right? And then the opposite happens as well. All business money that you earn all gross revenue, every sale, every affiliate income, any kind of royalties you get, any wherever you get money. I mean, I get money coming in from all kinds of random places. You don't take that money personally ever. It all goes to your business account. So very simple. Your business account is your new hub for all business income and outgo. Okay? Keep it really, really clean. That's going to be your new hub. Your personal account should not see any business expenses, nor should it see any of that business income. So then you might be saying, well, Graham, how do I get the money? If my business, if I set up the business account and I'm getting paid into it, my courses are selling and I'm having Kajabi dump that money through Stripe into my business account and all is good, then when do I get the money personally? Because I get that I can then use that money to pay for business expenses or employees or contractors or hiring a web designer or a graphic designer or whatever. Now you have to set up a paycheck. And this is where the nuances between being a business owner and working for somebody else are very important to highlight. When you are a small business, even if it's just you, you fulfill two roles, okay? You are both employer and employee. You're both business owner and your number one, aka only employee, potentially. And so you need to split yourself into these two roles in your mind and make some decisions and then try to keep things separate. So employer you, business owner you, is hiring employee you to do the work in the business. And you, as the business owner, want to pay your employee a fair wage. As the employee of your business, you shouldn't have access to all the money in the business account, all the profit, all the time. You shouldn't be able to dip your hands into the business account as the employee and, hey, we had a really good month. We did a $10,000 month this month with a big launch. I'm going to grab 3000 of that and uh, go buy a motorcycle. I don't know or go take a trip to the Bahamas. It can't be that simple. That gets really messy because I wouldn't let any employee of mine just dip their hands into my business account and take any of the profits as an employee. I would at first set up a fair wage, a regular paycheck. And this is 
important for you on a personal level because one of the questions I get is, well, Graham, how do you, how do you pay yourself a salary? Like, how do you budget as, as a family? Like, I don't know how much I'm going to make every month, so I don't even know how much I can afford on rent or groceries or whatever it is. And this is the dilemma. If you have the separate business account, now we have these the veil right in between the business and us. We can then address this issue by paying ourselves a regular steady paycheck. So you want to look at yourself. If it's the business owner version of you, look at the employee version of you and say, how much can I afford to pay that person? How much can I afford to pay that person? Every business that hires anybody asks this question. They look at how much revenue is coming in, how much expenses they have, and they have to take on the risk of committing to a salary to their employees. How can they promise to pay their employees the same amount month in and month out when they don't know how much money they're going to make? You ever thought about that? If you've ever had a job where you've worked for somebody else and it's salary or hourly, and you get the same amount of hours, they're committing, they're saying, yes, I can afford to always pay you $50,000 a year. How do they know that? Because that is as low as they can get away with, and they know they make plenty more revenue in both good and bad months to cover that. They don't just have a couple of good months and say, hey, I'm gonna pay you more this month because we had a good month. Now, maybe you have some profit-sharing deal, but typically, they're not gonna do that. Because they know that in a business, your months aren't all the same. Some months are good, some months are bad. Some seasons are good, some seasons are bad. Some years are good, some years are bad. So in the good years, in the good seasons, in the good months, they let cash accumulate, if they're smart, in their business account. So that when there's lean months, there's still plenty to pay their employees the same amount they committed to. That's the risk of being a business owner. It's risky. It's challenging. So you have to keep that in mind as the business owner version of you when trying to help figure out how much to pay the employee version of you. If your business is on average bringing in $5,000 a month, you wouldn't pay the employee version of you $4,000 a month, $4,500 a month. Would you? Or would you? The answer is you shouldn't because what if you don't make $5,000 a month in the next three months? Maybe you only make $3,000 and then $4,000 and then $2,000. You have a low season. Now you can't pay yourself a salary. Now the employee version of you is saying, crap, I can't afford my groceries this month or I can't afford rent. And you're freaking out because you have overinflated what your salary truly can be in a $5,000 a month business. We know that a $5,000 a month business doesn't always get $5,000 a month. It just doesn't happen that evenly as much as we'd like to believe it does. So if you made $5,000 a month on average, you'd have to start by looking at your expenses, how much of that $5,000 is already taken, or, you know, uh, spent on expenses. You gotta pay taxes, which we'll get into in a second. And then you gotta have some profit left over, which we're gonna to get to in a second. So really the number goes down, 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 how much you actually can pay yourself. And then there's the variable of, we just don't know if you're gonna bring in 5,000 every month. We're gonna bank on the good months, the $10,000 months, the $8,000 months to help us out when we have the two or $3,000 months. But even if you average 5,000, you need to figure out what's the lowest amount you can get away with paying yourself. 
so that you can commit to that fixed amount every single month. This will be your salary. And just a little heads up, this will only be one of two main ways you receive income. So don't freak out. This is You're not gonna be making as much money as you thought, but just be realistic. Your salary, your consistent salary, is probably gonna be lower than you thought. And as your business gets more expenses, and as it grows, especially if you add team members, it gets a little more complex and you're gonna have to stop looking at your total revenue as your total paycheck because it never was that anyway. But as a big big boy, big girl business, you're gonna have to start thinking about it as total revenue, then all these different costs and your salary is just one of those costs. Okay, you got the two accounts, business checking account, personal checking account. Money comes in the business account. You start to look at what am I bringing in on average? In the last 12 months, what did you make? Gross, right? What actually came in? $40,000 in the last 12 months? Divide it up by 12. Subtract all your expenses. Subtract what you paid in taxes last year. See what's left over. And then you're going to probably want to take 80% of that to be a low ball estimate of what your salary can be. But you're going to have to work that out yourself because you probably have personal needs. But this tells you when your business can fully cover your bills. But you work out your salary to yourself and then just make it automatic, you know, withdrawal from one account to the other. You're just transferring money that you own to another account you own. So it's your money either way. This is just a formality to keep things clean and a mental picture for you that you're going employer, business owner version of you is paying the employee version of you this set consistent salary. Make sense? Okay. So you got to work out your salary and you got to get those separate accounts. Now, if you're following what I'm teaching you every single week, if you're following all these best practices and you're putting in the work and your business is starting to see traction, you're starting to grow, you have to think about what are you going to do with the money that comes in beyond what you pay yourself in your salary. Because you really do need a gap and you wanna figure out what that gap is. And that gap is called your profit. So you've got your gross income, that's what's coming in every month. That's the sales revenue, the, data, the, the big number we all look at. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a six-figure business because I did $100,000 last year. Okay, yes, you brought in 100K, let's say. But that's not what you get to live off of because you gotta, pay for all your expenses that it took to generate that profit. I'm sure you needed a website. I'm sure you needed some kind of product delivery tool. You know, and the good thing about online businesses is that they're so low cost. They're so low cost. Okay, I think the first video I did on my website was how to start your business for $50 or less. That's how ridiculously low cost it is. The barrier of entry financially to have the tools you need to be able to be present online deliver a product or service and collect a paycheck or collect sales uh, revenue is so low. It's crazy. But there's some operating expenses. Obviously, if you have employees, this comes under that. Uh, if you have an accountant, you pay the accountant, things like that. Those are the ongoing expenses. And then you got to keep in mind to have a buffer for the upcoming one-off expenses when you need a piece of equipment that you don't buy every month, but you just buy it once. You need a new computer. You're going to travel to some kind of trade show in your niche or for speaking engagement or whatever it would be, right? There's going to be costs. You need to have money in your account for those things. So 
You want to think about what are your actual expenses, so your what comes in every month, but then start to del- subtract your expenses. And then what's left, gross incomes, everything comes in, re- take away your expenses. What's left is the taxable portion. Again, this is one of the benefits. And we talked about this on the cash flow quadrant episode. This is one of the biggest benefits of being a business owner is you get to spend all your money pre-tax. You get to pay for your camera, your podcast microphone, your web hosting, Kajabi, whatever, education, right? You get to pay for that out of the business before taxes. So you're not taxed on that money, which means it reduces your overall taxes. So if you make $50,000 a year, but you spent $10,000 that year on costs and expenses and some one-off things and some travel for business, then you're only taxed on the remaining $40,000, which reduces your overall tax bill, which is awesome. But that's the amount you're going to be taxed on. So that's an expense as well. And what you need to do is figure out what tax bracket you're in. Okay? You got to figure out what tax bracket you are in and I can't get into details about tax brackets because many of you aren't in America, for one. So it's the tax system is a little bit different in your country, potentially. And then even in the U.S., you've got federal income tax that we all have to pay. But then depending on where you live, you'll have state income tax. Now in Florida, big shout out to the state of Florida, there is no state income tax. So I don't pay income tax to the state of Florida, just to the federal government. But that will be a level of tax you pay. And then how much money your household brings in will affect what your tax bracket is. So whether you're a sole proprietor or even an S-Corp LLC like I am, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can watch my LLC versus sole proprietor video. But even both of those entities, one that's got an LLC and is S-Corp and one that's just a little sole proprietor, both are pass-through entities where you pay taxes on your personal return. So all that means is, wow, that was a loud train horn. All that means is, is you pay taxes based off of what your whole household brings in. So if your spouse works, if you have other income that comes in from other sources, an inheritance, investment, something else, that will all affect your tax bracket. It's not just your business. So there's a lot of variety there, but if you do some basic Googling on tax brackets for small business owners, tax brackets for your country, tax brackets for your state, And for small business owners, you can figure out, and here's what I try to do, an overall percentage to base off of, right? So I like to find a percentage that I'm going to use to set aside my taxes every month. Again, the percentage is only on your taxable income. So if I made $5,000 a month and I spend about $1,000 a month to generate that $5,000 a month, I'm going to take my tax percentage off of the $4,000. And what I'm going to do is set it aside in another business account, this time a business savings account. Set it aside the moment the month is over so I don't have access to it anymore so that I can pay my quarterly taxes every quarter or depending on your revenue, you might have to pay every month. So that just depends on how much money you're making. If you're not sure, get an accountant and he or she will help you figure that out. Either way, Part of your money is going away in taxes every month, which is an expense. So your actual operating expenses, your actual taxes, set those aside, especially if you're a small sole proprietor, just set it aside in a savings account, let it accumulate. So it's a percentage every month. And then every three months, whenever the quarterly taxes are due, 
get that set up, you can pay directly online with something in the U.S. called EFTPS.gov. stands for the uh, Electronic Federal Taxpayer System. It's just a fancy way of setting up your bank account to be able to pay the IRS directly once a quarter. Very simple to do. You should be doing this. Don't not pay your taxes. That was awful grammar. But please pay your taxes. One of the dumbest things you could do is to forget to calculate your taxes every month and to just say, well, I'll pay them at the end of the year. A, you'll incur a fine if you're in your second year of business or later uh, because you're supposed to be paying quarterly. They want their money as you go to some degree. Remember, when you have a paycheck, it's already taken out. But if you are uh, self-employed, no one's taking anything out of your paycheck. So it's your responsibility to set up your account with the IRS, with eftps.gov, and pay them your quarterly taxes. And then when you do your taxes at the end of the year, you know the numbers are going to f- figure it all out and figure out. You, you don't know if you're exactly on par, but if you know your tax bracket and you're, you just do some basic math, you could be in the ballpark of what your taxes are. And if if you overpaid a little bit, then it's just like with your paycheck at an old job, they'll they'll send you a refund. And if you underpaid a little bit, that's not a big deal at all either. A lot of times, new entrepreneurs are really scared of underpaying. Well, you definitely don't want to underpay on principle, but it's hard to know if you're exactly on because you don't know what expenses are going to happen. You don't know actually what your revenue is going to be in the last quarter, and maybe you underpaid. Or you don't know if the tax laws are going to change like they did with the Trump tax law change in 2017. It affected my 2018 taxes. I got more back. Um, so you don't know a lot of times, but at least you're paying something in that should be in the ballpark. So when you square it all up in the new year and you're doing your tax return, if you owe something, it's not all of it. It's just, oh, I was under a little bit. And to be honest, that's pretty normal. A lot of times you'll be just under, oh, okay, so I owe a little bit. Not a problem if you're managing your business well. See how unfun a lot of this is because you got to pay your expenses, you got to pay your taxes, you haven't even paid yourself yet but then you pay yourself a salary. Then this is where we get into the extra. If you are keeping your overhead low, keeping your expenses as low as possible, not buying crap you don't need for your business, not paying for tools you don't need. This is another, and I'm going to plug Kajabi again. This is another reason why I have switched almost everything that I use online over to Kajabi because it saves me money. Because I used to pay for a webinar jam, right? To do webinars, I used to pay for uh, lead pages to host all my landing pages. used to pay for um, uh, hosting my courses somewhere else, and then eventually at Kajabi. And then used to pay for uh, email marketing for other things where I could do a lot of the email marketing for free inside of Kajabi. It, it adds all of these things into one tool um, so I, and anytime I can save money, I save money. So I just have ridiculously lowered my expenses by cutting a lot of these other one-off things that I can now do all inside of Kajabi. And I'm going to plug Kajabi because I love those people and it's the tool I use and it's what I teach all my students to use. I'm pretty biased because it's my favorite. But if you go to grahamcochran.com slash Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I, you can get extended free trial. Normally it's 14 days, but with my link, you can get a 28-day free trial and you get access to their 28-day challenge videos, which is like basically how do you make your first thousand bucks this month? Super dope. You can try it out. And if you like it, stick around. And it's an affiliate link that helps my business. If you don't like it, or you just don't want to support me, you can buy it outside of the link. It doesn't matter. Either way, you should get on the platform because it will save you money. So you want to be thinking like that. How can I save money? I don't want to, I don't like 
hiring a bunch of people just to feel important. I don't like having a lot of tools. I don't like rent, right? So I worked from home for the last nine years. We just bought this place as an investment and I'll work in it from time to time. And that's another story that we'll talk about in the next episode. But I don't like to look big and important because that costs money. I like to keep my expenses low so I keep more of my money. When you keep your expenses low, you figure out what your taxes should be, there should be profit. And actually, I think one of the smarter things you could do is to commit to a certain amount of profit before you commit to expenses to protect yourself from eating up all of your profit. This is something that Mike Michalowicz calls profit first. He wrote a great book called Profit First. It's very practical if you want to think about uh, how much money you should be setting aside as a business or how much profit you should have. And Mike's a really funny guy and a great writer. I love all his books. The Pumpkin Plan is great. Clockwork is another one that I'm working through is really great. Um, but profit first, and this it's really, really simple. Um, your goal minimum as a business, and if you're an online business like I teach you to be, it's number's going to be a lot higher uh, eventually, but your goal should be a minimum profit of 10% a month. And if I were you, I would set that aside and say, I'm, you know, if I made 3000 this month, I'm going to set aside 300 and put it in a savings account or whatever, or at least mentally set aside 300 as my profit before my expenses. And so that means that if you, let's say, make $1,000, your expenses are 900, then 100 is your profit. But again, do it the other way around. If your sales are 1,000, typically commit to $100 of profit, which is 10%, which tells you the max you can spend on expenses is 900. Right, so just this is just the same as paying yourself first in a retirement account. If you have a four hundred one k or something, and we'll talk about four hundred one k's next week, but it's taking your money that comes in and not just staying afloat, which is what a lot of us do. Do I have enough to pay my bills? Stay afloat. You want to get ahead. You every month that your business puts money in your account, even if it's only a hundred bucks, you want to get ahead a little bit so that every month of your business's life, unless it's a completely awful season when you're just not profitable and everything's falling apart, which, hey, that's happened. Uh, you want every month to be getting you this much further ahead, even if it's slow. These are baby step principles that you can apply now when the money's small so that when the cash comes in and it's huge windfalls, it's the same principles, just more zeros behind the number, and you don't even have to think twice about it. So you want to set aside profit. Now, one of the questions that comes up when I talk about this is, but isn't my salary profit? No, your salary is an expense that the business pays, which is pretty awesome. So if you have employees, salaries for them are expenses as well. Uh, but it's an expense, and that's how I want you to view it as an expense. You do pay taxes on it because it's a pass-through entity most of the time, but that's not your profit. That's just what you're getting paid to work so you can live. Your business should also have profit for the business to do well and for you to do a certain number of things. And there's some things that I want you to do with that profit. A few of them we're going to talk about next week, but this is the big one that I want you to focus on and what we're going to focus on today. If you're following me so far, and maybe you already have a lot of this in place, then kudos to you. Separate bank accounts. Money comes in your business, goes out your business for expenses. You've committed to a low doable salary that's doable in good months and bad months. You're paying yourself a salary. 
you know, and as again, as the business does better over time, if you see it's really averaging higher and higher, you can reevaluate and ask yourself for a raise. That's totally normal. You're setting aside money for your taxes, so you're not getting in trouble with the IRS or the tax man. But you're setting aside that 10% or more. I mean, set aside as much profit as you possibly can. There's a lot of things you can do with this profit. There's four things that I think you can do with it. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of them today. And the most important thing you could do from day one with your profit is build cash reserves. Okay. Too many businesses look like most Americans. They're just living paycheck to paycheck. Too many businesses are living next month sales to hand and foot to next month sales. They need the revenue this coming month to be what it was last month to be able to pay all their expenses, whether it's their regular expenses to operate the business or employees or just their salary. And they think if I'm making enough to pay all my expenses, taxes, and pay my salary, I'm good. You're not good. You're not good. Why are you not good? Because not every month you make as much money as you need. There are going to be months where you're not going to have as much as you need. Revenue is inconsistent. We talked about this. You've experienced this. I have recurring revenue from a few sources which help stabilize and I have a relatively stable business. But even then, revenue is always inconsistent. I don't have the same amount of money from one month to the next. In the real world, these sales and these clients just don't come nice and steady. They ebb, they flow. So you need to prepare for that. So you've got inconsistent revenue. And yet over here, you've got fixed expenses. You always have to pay your web host. You always have to pay for Kajabi or whatever it is. You always have to pay for whatever your monthly expenses are, your accountant, your employees, your graphic designer who's on retainer, whatever it is, you typically have fixed expenses. So you've got inconsistent revenue over here, fixed expenses over here, recipe for disaster, unless you have something to stabilize the inconsistent revenue. Because you can't just change your expenses every month when you have a low month, low expenses. It doesn't work that way. So what you need and what I need is cash. We need cash to endure. It's the only way to do it. The only way to keep your doors virtual or real open for years and years and years is to have access to cash when you need it. And you want to be open for years and years and years, not just because it's a lot of fun, but it takes sometimes years and years and years to see the success you want. So to give yourself a chance to reach the level of success you want, you got to stay open. You can't stay open for business when you don't have cash. So you're First step with your business profit is to build cash reserves. I want you to create your own line of credit. If you're familiar with the line of credit, this is a loan agreement with a bank where they do the research and they qualify you and say, yeah, we, we feel like your business is, is trustworthy enough. We like the numbers that we're we're going to set it up where it's basically like a credit card you have access to, a line of, if you need a lot of cash, you need to buy something, or you have a really low season, you have access to our money. We'll give you our money so you can keep paying your bills and get through the dips. But then, of course, you have to pay it back, and you have to pay it back with interest. So instead of borrowing money in your slow months, slow seasons, when times get tough, when you just have an unexpected 
quarter where there's just no money for no reason, which happened. I remember the first quarter of 2016, my revenue was down 30% for the first time ever for no reason that I could see. It came out of the blue. When times are tough, you create your own line of credit in the form of a business emergency fund. This is so simple. This is a separate business savings account. Ideally, it's three to six months of your business expenses, not your personal expenses, okay? not your salary, but the costs it takes to run your business. So Kajabi, your web hosting, if you don't use Kajabi, which you could because you can build a website for free, um, your employees, whatever your monthly costs are, your accountant, whatever those costs are, times them by three minimum, ideally by six. So if it takes you about 500 bucks a month to run your business, times that by six, you need $3,000 minimum in a separate business savings account. So you may not get there right away. It might take you a few months to, to set aside $3,000. It might take you a year or two, but whatever it takes, set aside those three to six months of business expenses and put them in that separate savings account. That way, when you have a low month and you need cash to keep paying for these tools, you can pay for them out of that virtual line of credit, out of your business savings account, and you're fine. And then when you've got better months, you fill it back up. It's a one-time thing. It's not an ongoing thing. I mean, you don't need to keep it expanding forever and ever. There's other better things you can do with that money, but I want you to get to six months, ideally, of business expenses in a business savings account as your business emergency fund. That way, you are in a better position when storms come. Now, this might make you think about, well, what about my salary that I pay myself? If I have a low month that's hard to pay for the business expenses, it's probably going to be hard to pay for my salary. Yes. So then personal finance one-on-one, you need to have an emergency fund for your personal expenses. That has nothing to do with being a business owner. That has everything to do with just being a human. All humans need cash reserves, okay? It's the same thing, but from a personal level. So I would encourage you to talk to your spouse, talk to your family, look at your budget, look at how much it costs for you to live, not live the lifestyle you love when everything's thriving, but what are the bare minimum expenses? Rent or mortgage, electricity, food on the table, gas in your car, right, to get to your office or get to work, whatever it is. Basic insurance premiums, right? So you're safe, life insurance, health insurance, things like that. What are the bare minimum expenses? Like you're not gonna include eating out. You're not gonna include Netflix. No, just add up the bare minimum expenses that it takes to survive and live without having to sell your house in a week, which is virtually impossible. Times that by three to six and work on getting that set aside in your own personal emergency fund, separate from the business. You do business with yourself over there, no pun intended, just make that happen because that's how you protect yourself and keep paying yourself what you need to keep your life in order. Business needs a line of credit and cash. Your life needs a line of credit and cash. You don't wanna be borrowing money when crap hits the fan. It's just like, it's like the worst time to borrow money, right? You wanna be able to have anticipated crap hitting the fan by being wise and setting aside some cash reserves. So in review, once you start to figure out what your profit margin is consistently, funnel it into 
a separate business savings account aimed for three to six months of your business expenses. Real simple. Once you have that, there's a lot of peace of mind that you have. I have a lot of peace of mind knowing I've got a big wad of cash in my business savings account. And you know what? There have been a couple of seasons where I needed it. I'm really glad it was there. And then when you have a really good season, you know, when a really good harvest comes in, you set some more aside and you fill it back up because you know business is cyclical. Life is unpredictable. It's not a steady climb up. It's ups and downs. And so you prepare for it to rain. It's a rainy day fund. Your grandma's rainy day fund. You know it's going to rain one day, so get an umbrella. Okay, don't just be surprised when it rains. Like, what, what are these water droplets coming from the sky? No, get a freaking umbrella, okay? Prepare in advance. This will give you peace. It'll stabilize things functionally and allow you to just operate. Because at the end of the day, no one wants, no, this is why no one wants to talk about money. And maybe you're just like, ah, nobody wants to talk about it. You know why? Because it's not what they geek out over unless you're weird like me. What people want to talk about and geek out over is their work, is their passion, is their art, is their craft, is the people that they're impacting. So you're a business owner, maybe a hopeful business owner. You have something you desperately want to bring to the world. You know you were made for it. God designed you to do, and you're good at it. You might be scared out of your mind and insecure. Welcome to the club. But you still feel like this is something I need to do. And, and you, you envision your future being able to help people do what you help them do and make a good living and have that flexibility and freedom. That, that's what you want to think about. You don't want to be thinking about taxes and, and bank accounts and emergency savings. And I get it. I get it, but we have to grow up. We have to grow up and understand that mature people understand that in order to focus on the creative fun things, we need to build a solid foundation that will allow us to be freed up to focus on the creative fun things. If you take the time to build out healthy business and bank account, cash flow strategy, cash reserves, all that stuff, get that in place. You don't really have to think about it much ever again. I don't think about my business accounts. It's just a place where money goes in, money comes out. I don't think about my salary, pay myself the same salary every month. I don't think about when crap's going to hit the fan because I've got a wad of cash sitting in my, my reserves account. It's done. Like I did the work once. Now, now I can focus on coming in here and recording a podcast for you. I can focus on building new products. I can focus on watching a cool YouTube video that inspires me. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you don't want to talk about money or deal with this stuff, it's so critical that you do. Do it at least once. Check in with it regularly. But set yourself up so that you don't come to a screeching halt when you have a bad month or a bad quarter or a bad year. Apple Computer is one of those businesses that, excuse me, they're not even Apple Computer anymore. I'm so old school. Apple. Ever since Steve Jobs died, you know, they've been on a slow death of innovation, right? Love the company, buy all their stuff. Some cool products still have come out, but you have to admit, it's not the same level of innovation as it was when Steve was around. A lot of turnover, a lot of change. It's a, it's a, that's a big loss to lose the visionary. And they've done as 
good of a job as they can, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I don't know them personally. I don't know what they're talking about. But the point is, Apple hasn't been the darling that it once was. There was a season where it could do no wrong. And there have been seasons where their quarterly projections are, they have to lower them. Their estimates, so they're not gonna bring in as much revenue as they thought. iPhone sales are slowing, all these different things are changing up. And there've been seasons where people are like, Apple's dead. You know, they're they're screwed. They've been developing development costs for all kinds of crazy stuff, autonomous cars and all kinds of stuff we don't even know about. I'm sure that's really expensive. And when revenue's down, that's a problem. But you know what's not a problem? Any of it. It's not a problem for Apple. Why? They have like a billion dollars in cash sitting around. I'll have to look up the exact numbers. But it's some ridiculous amount of money that they have in cash. They're fine. They can withstand a year or two of slowing iPhone sales to figure out what the market wants to figure out where they're gonna innovate next. They're not freaking out because when it was, it was sunny and they were growing things like crazy and the harvest was great and they're just selling iPhones and iPads without even trying, they banked a lot of money. They banked a ton of money. A lot of their investors didn't like it because it doesn't really help them, you know? The shareholders are like, I don't like that you have so much cash sitting there, but it's smart. It's smart for them because they can withstand a year or two of, of people being like, eh, I don't know about Apple while they figure out what to do next because they've got tons of cash on the sidelines. And that's the reality. The best businesses in the world, the, most, the brightest minds in the world have slow months and seasons and years, and you need to prepare for that by having cash reserves. That was a lot. Uh, I hope it was helpful. I hope this conversation was helpful. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about once you've got that business cash reserve set aside, what do you do with your profit from there? You take your 10% or more, what do you do next? And as your business grows and you have even more profit, or let's say you have a big launch and you're doing great and you fill up your cash reserves, what do you do next? Okay. Well, there's three key areas that you want to take that business profit and spread it around. And I'm going to talk about those in the next episode and go a lot more in depth. And a lot of the questions I got were about like investments, investments. Graham, can you go into depth about that? So yes, we're going to nerd out over investments in three key areas. So I don't want you to miss that. Uh, if this episode was helpful, let me know. Shoot me an email, graham at grahamcochran.com. DM me on Instagram at the Graham Cochran, or just leave me a review on iTunes if you're an iTunes user and let me know what episode you're listening to, which is this one, and uh, if it was helpful and what you want to hear in next week's episode uh, in future episodes. I love to hear from you. A lot of this content is coming directly from your request. That's the whole idea with this show is I want to talk about things that are relevant to you. And if there's more that we need to go in depth on as it relates to money, especially after these two episodes are over, we'll do it. Don't worry. Just because I, I covered it doesn't mean I've completely covered it. I'm here every single week. We're going to dive in. That's all I got for you today, my friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. It means a ton. And uh, I cannot wait to dive in deeper into the investment strategy on next week's episode. Talk to you then. Bye.